Welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast, a show intended to help you get more out of your everyday time in the Word. This is a ministry of Compass Bible Church in North Texas, and if you'd like to join along with our daily Bible reading program, you can do so by going to compassntx.org and clicking on the Daily Bible Reading tab. Thanks for joining in for today's episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Hey there. Welcome to another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. You're here. We're here. Let's get down to business. It's Saturday. I said, let's get down to business. It's Saturday. Saturday involves getting down to business so, oh, with the Daily yeah. Bible Podcast. Business. Business. I like, I like on Saturdays, I like to leisurely go through my Bible time. Sometimes I have to be disciplined because I could stay there for a long time, especially when I'm thinking about this podcast. I can linger and ask questions and try to research some answers. Now, Saturday gives me some time to do that. Yeah. I like that. Saturdays are nice. They are nice. And yet it's like the day before go time. You know what? I, I, I try to rest my body, my mind, and prepare so that I can be optimal on Sunday. I give myself a little bit of leisure on, on Saturday to make sure that I'm ready for Sunday. Yeah. To give my 110%. Because Sunday starts Saturday night. It does. Yeah. That's right. Meaning prepare. Be you ready. Better, you better be. Yeah. All right. Fine. Let's get down to business. Let's do it. Proverbs 30 and 31. Proverbs chapter 30. We got a new pro- proverb writer. A, a proverber. Proverber. Anyways, this is Agar. You're going to correct it? Well, I mean, no. Because it's like you say tomato, I say tomato. Agur is how the Hebrew in my Logos program pronounces it. Well, that's how I said it first, just to be clear. And he's the son of Jakey. <laughs> Jakey? <laughs> or Jake. 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 Yeah. Anyways. No, it's a yaka. It's a yaka. Yeah, well, okay. it's, it's yeah. Agar. Agar's writing, and Agar has some things to say. Uh, how about verse five? Every word of God proves true. He's a shield to those who take refuge in him. I think the parallelism there is personifying his word is as reliable as he is. And so as we take refuge in his word and the promises of his word, it is, it is as though we are taking shelter in God himself because every word of God proves true. It's a good promise for us to hold on to. It's a great promise for us to hold on to. Yeah, just a, a quick interjection here. We don't know who this guy is, right? No, we, we don't. We don't, which is why we have nothing to say to you about him because we don't know who he is. Uh, whoever compiled the Proverbs thought that this was worth putting in there. So we're going to trust that those authors, those editors rather, included this for good purpose. And clearly it's in our Bible. It stayed there. So this is good for us to study. Uh, verse eight. I, I love Agar's words here. Remove far from me two things, falsehood and lying. Okay. So that's interesting because he, that's one category of, of something he wants to be removed far from him, which is good. Cause we were just talking about yesterday that the flow of information, yeah. it's hard to discern what's true, what's not true. Um, so he's saying, Hey, get these things out of my life. And then secondly, give me neither poverty nor riches. Who's praying that? I don't know anybody in my life who's praying that. The wise man is praying. The that. wise man is praying that, and he says, "Less verse nine, uh, or feed me with the food that is only needful. Give me what I give me what's sufficient. I don't want too much. I don't want too little. Why? Because I, I could be full, have a full belly, and deny you. Say who is the Lord? Or I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God by dishonoring Him with my my sinful behavior. What a wise prayer that is. And I, I think it's dangerous. I don't know anyone that's willing to pray that, but man. I think that's it. There's, there's something to be said there about the man who realizes, look, I don't want any temptations that are going to cause me to stumble. I want to walk with you as close as I can, even if that means I'm not poor and I'm not rich. I just have enough. 
Yeah. And in the history of Israel, they struggled with this big time. Israel got complacent when they got comfortable and they forgot God. In fact, the prophets would confront them and say, hey, do you not remember that it was God who kept your shoes from wearing out during the wilderness wanderings and fed you and took care of you? And they were even warned about this. Hey, when you get into the promised land and you build houses for yourselves, don't forget God. Don't grow so comfortable that you become complacent. Thinking that you did it. Right. Right. That's what we all have that struggle with. Yeah. It is It is a, a dangerous prayer, a hard prayer. Well, one of the things in Proverbs 30 that he does, uh, Ager does here uh, multiple times, is he gives these numbers. He, he says, these are three things too wonderful for me, four things uh, that the Lord hates, or four things that are small. So it's it's interesting. It's a poetic way to, to present some truths to us here. But how about uh, verses 18 through 20? He says, three things that I, I can't understand. They're too wonderful, wonderful for me. They're beyond my ability to comprehend. The first one he talks about is the way of an eagle in the sky, just noticing an eagle coasting on the winds of the air yeah just like that that's how all the eagles sound they sound like that (laughs) but that that beauty and you can't predict it and you can't fully understand how he is so majestic and and can ride the wing the the winds that way but or the way of a serpent on a rock that one's a little bit more skeevy but yeah he's he's slithering and moving about so you know smoothly and yet like if we laid down on a pile of rocks we would not move around so smoothly i would try yeah, well, it'd be ugly. Or the way of a ship on the high seas, right? Yeah, there's a, a there's a documentary on, uh, not a documentary, there's a movie on Netflix called True Spirit that's out right now. That's actually a decent one. Um, it's about this young woman from Australia who became the first or the youngest woman to sail around the world solo. Oh, that's cool. And uh, in her boat. And there's a lot of really cool scenes in the movie where she's caught in stormy seas and, and there's this sailboat and it's just, that came to mind as I was reading this passage, the way of a boat on the sea that the sea is so much bigger and yet the boat is able to navigate the waters. Totally. Tell us um, about the last one though, Pastor PJ. The way, the way of a man with a virgin. Uh, to keep it PG, this is just the, the, the love and the wooing of a man with, with a woman that he's interesting in, interested in. And you can take this from the beginning of the stages of love all the way through the consummation of love. And that is, again, one of those things beyond the full reconciliation of our minds to be able to understand. So I thought he was talking about S-E double hockey sticks. <laughs> sell, sell. No, no, but, and that's what I was implying. It's, it's okay. the, there's, and there's debate among commentators whether this is that act yeah. only or if this is the general act of, of love. Yeah, I think probably it's, it's more failed. that act only. I, I was trying to keep it PG. I mean, for, me too. For our, that's why I spelled audience. it the way I did. Sell. Yeah. Yeah. He's talking double about hockey sell. sticks. Yeah. Let's talk about sell, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Salt and Peppa? Was that, yeah. who, are those guys? Yeah. Or whoever that was. So here's the thing. I look at this list and I, I mean, on first read, I think, okay, an eagle, you know, a snake, a ship. And the last one, I think I get a little more. I, I think one of the things that Agar does in this particular text is help us to, to be reminded, look, that childlike wonder and that appreciation for God's creation, that we need to keep that. Because I, again, I go back to who's doing this? Who's looking at an eagle and saying, wow, that's majestic. I, that's too wonderful for me, God. Who's looking at a snake on a rock and saying, oh, that's really cool. I think most of us would have the inclination to say, go get the broom and the shovel. We're going to get this guy, get the right. snake off that rock. Right. Um, and, and maybe you shouldn't be thinking too much about the fourth one, but all these things together, um, it conveys to me a childlike sense of wonder and, and awe before God who creates all things. For sure. I don't know very many people that practice this, and this is why it's challenging to me. It's, it's sh- surely wonderful. You know, th- what does this for me is the skies out here. 
and it's almost morning by morning um, that I'm able to walk outside and see the the vast Texas sky and mm-hmm. see the cloud formations and the light in the, in the sky as it reflects. It, sh- it just hits different out here than it ever has anywhere else for me. And that that reminds me so often of this whole idea. In fact, there was one time I was in seminary and I was going through everything and I just was, I was struggling. I was on Central Expressway here in Dallas on my way back up from Dallas Seminary. And I just had this moment where I was thinking to myself, okay, I, I grew up, I was born in a Christian home, went to a Christian college. I'm, I'm now going to a seminary. I, like if, if I didn't have any of that, what, what, would I point to in this world and say, okay, God, you're there. You exist. If it wasn't just all of the voices from the time that I was born telling me God exists, God exists, God exists. And it was one of those days where I looked up through the windshield of my car and I saw the skies out in front of me. And it was one of those moments that was like, okay, that's not chance. That's not happenstance. That's not, you know, a a big bang that is reverberating still and producing beauty like that. That's, that's a creator God who exists. And so it's, it's always been the sky for me that has caused me to stop and go, wow, that's phenomenal. That's amazing. God is big and I'm small. Yeah. I, I totally understand that, that inclination. I think you're going to think I'm joking. I, I, I uh, music does that for me. It gives me that transcendent. Yeah. Like, wow. There's some, this is special. And also a really good meal. I, I mean, a Texas Twinkie, like you bite into one of those things. It's like, wow, that flavor explosion. This is amazing. Yeah. Life is really good. There's something more out there. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, talk to us about the uh, the three things under which the earth trembles in verses 21 through 23. Why do you want me to do that? Well, because I just thought you could be the one to, to talk about the unlovable woman. Great. Okay, what's heavy? What, what cannot the world bear up? Um, a slave when he becomes king. A fool when he is filled with food. An unloved woman when she gets a husband. And the fourth one, a maidservant when she displaces her mistress. I'm going to confess to you, these are some things that, I, I mean... I could say these are too wonderful for me, too wonderful for me, because I don't know that I can really understand the extent to which this this speaks to. I can understand, and as I'm reading through the scripture myself with you, I can say, okay, when it, when, a, when a slave becomes king, suddenly you give power to someone who is powerless. He doesn't know how to wield it. It's like a child playing with a chainsaw. He has no idea what he's doing. He's just going to hurt himself, cut off digits, end up hurting himself and many others in the process. A fool, when he is filled with food, he has no lack. He has all of his needs met. And so this fool has no reason to, to put on airs. He's going to be uh, undaunted, untamed. He's just going to let himself hang loose, as it were. Um, number three here, an unloved woman when she gets a husband. Um, it might be very well that this unloved woman, it becomes heavy, becomes burdensome because she's trying to fill up her love tank with her husband who's finite and can't do what she needs. She ultimately needs a Lord. Maidservant when she displaces her mistress. I would, I would venture to guess here. Um, I, I think about Sarah and Hagar um, and, the, and the disunity that that brought, the heaviness and the burden that that brought to Abraham. Uh, I, I mean, those are some of my reasonings through that text, Pastor P but help add some clarity to that. Yeah, that, that could be, I think the other thing is just that these are things that are not, these are, are not natural. They're not what is meant to be. That there's a, an expectation for order and a, a place for things. And so as the slave becomes king, you know, the, the slave is, is not qualified for that position, for that role. A fool, when he is filled with food, that, that's not right. The fool shouldn't be filled with food. His, his actions don't warrant that. The unloved woman could also be the unlovable woman. That there's a reason why she's the unloved woman. That, nice. that this is an Come obnoxious... 
right that that this is somebody who's obnoxious that that she is not worthy of someone's affection like there's a a reason behind that and yet she gets a husband like that doesn't make sense Mm. and then the maidservant displacing her mistress well the maidservant doesn't belong in that role and in that position that's for the mistress and so it's kind of like okay the the earth trembles under these things because it's an undoing of what should be done what's proper what's right the natural order right that's helpful right yeah, he gives four things that are, are wise, small but wise. The ants, the rock badgers, the locust, and the lizard. And just for sake of time. Uh, let's talk about our wives. Yeah, let's let's move on to Proverbs 31. King Lemuel. That's not my wife. Lemuel. Um, is that her name that you are? Yeah. No, uh, Lemuel. Yeah, th- this is the Proverbs 31 woman. And I think, uh, you know, not Pastor King Rod, Lemuel. Not King Lemuel. No. No, not him, but the rest of it, um, starting verse 10. Yeah. And I think we would both say, man, we feel like our our wives fit this bill. And and yet here's what I want to say, ladies, when you're reading this out there, because I I know some of you are reading this text and feeling the weight of it. When does she sleep? Because she's up at night, she's up in the morning. Right. And you're going, okay, the Proverbs 31 woman and there's ministries named after this and people make sweatshirts uh, based on it. And there's women's Bible studies based on it and stuff. Listen, you are going to fulfill this if you are a, a, a God-fearing woman who loves the Lord and it's going to look different than it looked here for, for this woman, okay? This is not to say this is exactly who you need to be and you need to check every box on this list. In fact, I was reading through it this morning and I was just thinking to myself, okay, here's here's my wife. I see my wife in so many of these areas, not in every single one. She doesn't work with wool and flax and, and with willing hands, but you know what? She's an excellent wife and that's the point of the, the author here. Find an excellent wife who fears the Lord because to quote DC, talk a woman who fears the lord she ain't playing um charm is deceitful beauty is vain but a woman who fears the lord she ain't playing i don't know that song really really that back in the day if you guys know that song dc talk it's uh yeah anyways so yeah these are all she's praiseworthy and i would say that about my wife all day long and my kids would say that about her as it says towards the end there that her children call her blessed her husband praises her and that's certainly uh, true i know of, of my wife yeah, husbands. Uh, what's your what's your praise to criticism ratio? How's that going? It's important. That's a good question, isn't it? Because that's what the the righteous husband does for the righteous wife. He he praises her. He he says things to her. He deliberately encourages her, even her, the children as well. That's what it says here at the end of the text. So, be sure that your praise to criticism or praise to complaint ratio is is very high. Yeah, of course, edging on the side of the praise. And and here's the other thing too, men. If I can talk to you for a second, husbands, uh, be calculated and careful about what matters to you and what standards you are enforcing and and, and putting in place. Um, ask yourself: Is this really worth tension in the relationship if things aren't done to your specifications and your order? There, um, it. it we, we need to be careful with that as men and careful to what we're expecting and making sure that we're expecting the right things and the reasonable things, reasonable things from our wives as far as the, the, the care in, in the way they take care of our, our homes. Now, th- that's ultimately a decision for you and, and her to make on that. But um, let's just be careful and be charitable and gracious in there because uh, your unity with your wife is far more important than whether or not dinner's on the table when you get home. Your your relationship with her and intimacy with her is of far more value than whether or not the floor is vacuumed when you get home. So I understand you may have your preferences and perks out there, but let's make sure that we're not costing unity in the home in order to get our way in situations. That's helpful counsel. Second Corinthians eight. Hey, Kristen, I still want the the floor vacuumed when I get home. (laughs) So you know that. Just kidding. Second Corinthians eight. Everybody, I'm kidding. Just totally kidding. I was talking directly at Pastor Rod in that. No, I'm not. I'm not at all. Second Corinthians eight. 
Um, hey, he opens up here by talking about generosity. And this is a situation similar to what we've seen. If you remember in Acts 19, they needed to collect, take up a collection before Paul could get out to Rome. And so here you have another situation where Christians are taking care of other Christians. And that's a good thing to do. This is not the giving that's taking place on Sunday morning in the church. This is above and beyond that. In fact, he even says that. And he says in verse five, this is not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. And so they're going above and beyond to to meet these needs. And as he goes on in chapter eight, he says in verse 13, he says, I don't want you to be uh, burdened in others to, to not suffer or you to have ease and others to be burdened on your behalf. I'm, I'm saying the, the way this should work is there should be a, a balance that takes place here where, where believers help take care of believers. And so this is a, just a, a great picture of the unity of the church, big C working together to meet the needs of other believers as they have them. So that does bring up some questions then. And in what way do we practice this today? I mean, clearly we should do that for those in our church, but here this is happening for those outside of their local congregation. Paul is saying, Hey, we want you to support the poor believers in this other church distant from where these guys are. Yeah. So how does this, what does this look like today in 2023? I think one of the most tangible expressions of this today would be supporting missions work and missions organizations. I think there's an idea here wherein we can go and support believers in other contexts and pastors, missionaries in other contexts that need that support. And we've got the means to be able to do that. And I think that's the, the most tangible way to do it. I think the important thing is the the first and in, in foundational area of giving should be to our local church. We should give to the local church first. And then when we have the means, we should, as, as wisdom would have it, support those that we're able to support beyond that. That's helpful counsel. And the foundation of that is verse nine. You know, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake, he became poor so that you by his poverty might yourself become rich. So there's the foundation for all of our giving, whether it's giving uh, the, the giving through the local church and being faithful to, in that or giving to missions or giving to special building projects or what have you. Uh, the foundation of our giving is the giving of Jesus Christ to us. Amen. Well, in the end there, he commends Titus. And I just think that's a, a good reminder of the, the personal element of scripture. Sometimes it can become more like a textbook to us. We're reading all these principles and commands and, and instructions. And, and yet here's a great reminder of Paul's relationship with Titus, his commendation of Titus, which is a, an encouragement to us even in its own right. Well, there we go. There's another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. That was a good episode. In the can, so to speak. That's right. Over 100. Over 100. 100. That's the number that we're at right now. Precisely. Yep. And you guys thought I would never speak in tongues. Oh, wow. Is that what that was? Shots fired. Hey, we hope you guys join us tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Bye, y'all. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. We hope and pray this has been a blessing to you and your time in the Word. If it has, if you would subscribe to this podcast, leave a like, leave a comment, and share it with some friends and family, that would be awesome. If you need more information about Compass Bible Church here in North Texas, you can go to compassntx.org. Again, that's compassntx.org. And we'll be back with you tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast.